Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode number 36 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and we are so excited to have you here today. So one of the industries that we specialize in as a firm is attorneys and law firms. And we are focusing the next few episodes here on business growth and profitability and everything that this podcast and our firm stands for, but directly as they relate to attorneys and law firm owners. Uh, So one of those topics that we've found to be helpful is a discussion around staff productivity and efficiency KPIs. So We are joined today by Katina Peters, co-owner and CPA and CGMA, Uh, and she has a a lot of specific experience in this industry. So before we dive into the topic specifically, or even, you know, getting into this theme of law firms, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in working with attorneys and law firm owners? Yeah, um, you know, I have uh, kind of amassed a lot of experience really in working um, with service-based businesses and law firms being one of the primary ones that I have worked with, um, you know, throughout my career in in multiple ways, but working with them, especially um, in looking at you know, getting good accounting systems in place, getting their structures in place, um, looking at the KPIs as we're talking about today, what things they can do to improve their businesses, um, to first of all, know what their business is doing, and then to improve their businesses going forward. And obviously, we'll get into that a little bit more here. Um, But I've worked with law firms, you know, from individual owners up to uh, multiple partners and different uh, types of law firms that uh, provide, you know, corporate law, personal law, etc. So I've got a pretty wide gamut there as far as that goes. Um, Additionally, um, law firms tend to run typically very similarly to more traditional accounting firms. And as a partner of an accounting firm previously, that was a more traditional firm than we are right now. I also have that experience kind of lend into helping law firm owners as well. So why do you enjoy working with law firm owners or attorneys? I really enjoy working with uh, like-minded professionals, uh, people that have you know similar um, ethics, similar morals, and uh, are just really you know professional in the way that they approach um, their work and the way that they approach their business. Um, so I really enjoy working with that caliber of people, and I find that you know we can have a lot in common and connect well um, on things. So it's really enjoyable for me. Great. So why are we starting off with staff productivity and efficiency KPIs? You know, I think that's one of the main um, things to really fold into your look at your efficiencies and how well your firm is performing when you do have staff people in place um, or other attorneys that are working with you. Um, It's it's a way to just really manage what is going on in the business. 
how people are performing, but also what may be holding them back from performing well. Um, so looking at those things, um, it, it really is something that can kind of get overlooked initially as people are growing and things are crazy. Um, and I know later on, we're going to get into some industry specific software. And one of those reasons, one of the reasons we're going to be talking about that is because that type of software helps you track these type of KPIs as well. Um, so it's just something, again, that can really help in streamlining operations, you know, we've talked about that in other podcasts as well, looking for efficiencies in systems and processes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This is one of the ways that we can see how that is going and we can kind of measure that and make improvements. Okay, perfect. So we're going to come back to why again, <laughs> but why specifically are these important for law firms to know? Sure. And I'm, I was, as I was uh, kind of preparing for this podcast and talking about it, I started thinking about how, you know, when, when we're kids or if you have kids, they go through the why phase and they're always asking why, why, why. And, uh, you know, to keep the conversation go, they, they, you give them an answer and they ask you why again. Yeah, <laughs> so I, think, yeah. um, I think it's good, you know, as we said before, the why in your business, but it, the why, you know, is important because it helps you to prioritize, right? It helps you to really look at the reasons behind doing things. And I think that sometimes as adults, we get away from asking the why as much and we just do because we think that's what we're supposed to do and that's what somebody said at mm. some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring it back around and say, let's look at, you know, the whys of what do we want? Why do we want to look at these things um, in the business and what importance and impacts it can have? Perfect. So jumping into a few points as to why um, we want to look at measurable performance. Um, We can kind of have an idea how things are going in the firm and when things are clunky or not, but really have a system in place to measure that performance. It really helps us just be certain about things. First of all, um, maybe we don't know at all that there's a problem. So, you know, because we're not looking at it or maybe we haven't, Mm -hmm. we're not really sure what the problem is. Um, So looking at that as a way to just have that measurable performance, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year, et cetera, um, you know, collecting that data, analyzing it and kind of setting up what your expectations are versus, you know, where you're actually at. So we want to have that measurable performance in there. We talk about the different ways of KPI right now. We're focusing primarily on productivity and efficiency of the of the staff, people, the attorneys that are involved in the firm. Uh, additionally, we want maybe to put some accountability around that, right? We want people right. to to have accountability. You know, as the firm leaders, we want accountability, transparency. We also want um, all of our team to have that accountability and goals. Um, and we need a way to track that and to determine, you know who's responsible for things. Um, and, and that's not necessarily in a bad way and then negatively also in a positive way, who's responsible for wins. Who's right. Great. What are maybe they doing in their systems and processes that we could share with the rest of the team, um, to make that better. So accountability, um, is another part of, you know, why this is important. It also offers a level of predictability in the, Mm. you know, we want to be able to predict, you know, how many hours are we looking to assign to a certain job? How, you know, how many hours can a person put into just billable time versus non-billable time? What, what's a good expectation that we can set and what, how does that translate into the firm's strategic plan and revenue goals and all those kinds of things? Um, We need that underlying day-to-day data 
in order to really have good predictability in the business. Okay, we've also looking at also create some easier tracking purposes. You know, we are going to be talking about setting up systems for monitoring these things. And once you get it set up, you want it to be simple to upkeep, simple to get reports out of. Um, you don't want to go through hours of pulling stuff together in order to get this data. You want it to be at the push of a button, et cetera. So um, going through all of this, it makes that an easier tracking and an easier way to manage your business. So there's a couple of reasons. I'm sure there's some more out there, but uh, just to put a little bit behind the why. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've we've covered the the why behind the, the importance of tracking these things, what are some of the results that it just in general terms that you've seen from working with law firms and implementing uh the, you know measurable results and having that accountability and what were the the results that came from that? Sure, yeah. And you know, like I said, sometimes um the partners in the firm are vaguely aware that there's something that's just not quite right, or sometimes they're just, you know, not looking at it at all. And uh, it, when we start to go in and work with the firm um, and implement these KPIs and these kinds of things um, and bring that data to the surface, it really helps um, with you know, seeing the overall picture of what's going on from a realistic perspective. It's kind of like I kind of can correlate it to, you know, looking at your monthly expenses individually or when you get that big credit card summary at the end of the year and you're like, wow, I spent that much on what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of, you know, kind of similar kind of thing. It just really puts that um, clarity of what's going on in there. Um, and again, it helps bring things to the surface, whether that's things that we can make more efficient systems wise, um, people wise, um, it helps, you know, people to know that, you know, they need to be accountable for things as well on the team and pushing everybody in the same direction. Um, so I've seen a lot of changes system wise um, for firms where they start to look at, okay, this is not the most efficient use of of the maybe partner's time. We need more administrative support because the partner is spending a lot of time where they could maybe be spending more time with clients, billing out at a higher rate and could use an assistant to help them do some of this other stuff. Um, so it really helps kind of put the right person in the right seat. Um, that's one thing that can really come out of this. Additionally, and the other, you know, processes, like I said, sometimes somebody's maybe super efficient and um, other people are struggling with that. And you can kind of go maybe talk to that person about, you know, how they approach certain jobs or things, you know, software that they're using, processes that they're using, what have you. If you don't have that really nailed down in your firm, um, maybe they've got a fast way of doing something <laughs> and they can share yeah. that with the team and just really uplift everybody. Um, so it really just kind of allows that honing in on things. Um, I don't like to use these type of KPIs just to beat on people. I do want people mm. to be accountable, <laughs> but right. we also want to set realistic expectations, you know, so if if we have no data as to what that realistic expectation should be, then, you know, we might be being unrealistic when we're telling people what they have to do. Um, right. and so we want to use it to the benefit of everyone and, you know, use it as that kind of a tool. I've unfortunately seen it used in the other way where it is used to beat up on people and say they're not, you know, doing enough and those kinds of things. Um, but I think if it's used well and it's, it's used again, the more we can uplift our team and, 
the firm, you know, the better it gets for everybody. And that's really the design of what this needs to be. Um, you know, there are obviously going to be occasions where there are people that just simply aren't a good fit. Um, KPIs mm-hmm. can also bring that to light as well so that we can notice things maybe a little sooner if things just aren't working well with that person or maybe they need more training or something along those lines. So it really can help in a lot of different areas. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to all of the benefits you listed earlier, that visibility is really important to highlight the positive things that people are doing, you know, trying to focus on that and replicating those results for other team members that are having that difficulty. I think that's a really good thing to highlight from what you just said, because it, 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 it can be easy, like with anything in life to look at like, what am I doing wrong? You know, let's fix it. But focusing first on, okay, what are we doing right? You know, who's doing it the best? What can we learn from that? And kind of shifting your focus to that gives you a better mindset for going, going into this and leaning into the KPIs rather than just, okay, let's see what our firm is doing wrong. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about systemizing again. We touched on it um, earlier, but again, you know, the idea behind this is very good information, uh, but we want to make sure that we're using a system once it's designed and set up um, that it's really easy for us to obtain this information. So there's going to be some policies and procedures around how that needs to work. Um, and then also likely a software or something that's going to be tracking it. Um, we want a certain reporting frequency, maybe that's weekly, what have you, depending on, again, what we're looking at, maybe it's monthly. Um, So we just want to make sure that also as we're talking about these kinds of things that we're doing it in an efficient way as well and building that efficiency in as we go. Wanted to get into a few specific KPIs that we could talk about um, around this and what those look like. Um, So the first one that I wanted to point out for law firms is looking at the billable versus non-billable time. Um, And, you know, as most law firms bill by the hour, fairly typical, sometimes they have packages, but, um, but that's a pretty typical thing for most law firms. So in billing by the hour, obviously they're tracking their time for the billable things. Um, One of the things that we've come into law firms and seen is that they're not really, they're really good at tracking their client time. And doing mm-hmm. billing, and obviously they need to get paid, um, but maybe they're not so great at tracking their non-billable time. Um, and you know, we get a lot of well, who cares? You know, <laughs> a lot of times like, <laughs> we start talking to people. Um, it's like, well, this is this is all a joint effort. Again, we need to set that expectation for people that are coming onto the team, um, what we're expecting for them, and we need some good data for that. Um, and if we're tracking that non-billable time, it also really helps us to see when maybe we need some more administrative support. Maybe we're putting, you know, a lot of non-billable time in as a partner, as a manager, you know, even just as an attorney that works for the firm Um, and something that we could leverage that time, um, maybe bill out more clients, spend more time doing what we'd like to do. I mean, most attorneys prefer to do their client work than their administrative work. So, you know, spending more time doing what we'd like to do and maybe hiring, you know, a secretary for that attorney or what have you to handle to handle those non-billable tasks um, mm-hmm. and then being able to leverage that and make it more efficient and more profitable for the entire firm. So that's something that, you know, we've come in and, and really just kind of explained, you know, to firms because we do run across that a lot is that they're not tracking that. And the other thing that happens a lot of times is that, you know, attorneys, um, partners, et cetera, are putting a lot of time in and it's not, 
necessarily um, being recorded anywhere and they're not really looking at really what amount of time. I mean, they probably have a vague idea they're working a lot. <laughs> you right. Know? Again, it's one of those black and white things when you really see it and uh-huh. other people see it in the firm and we're transparent and accountable, um, you know, then we can really start to hone in on how do we make this more imbalance, you know, if things are getting out of whack. So that's another area that that can help with as well. So again, looking at that as not necessarily, you're not doing enough billable time, you know, we're not necessarily beating people up over it. We're looking at, well, why aren't you able to? What are the roadblocks? What are the things that bring us up? Why why is this happening? Um, Some of that's going to be awareness. So there's going to be some goals. So sometimes, okay, just be aware that you need to be looking at trying to do this much every day. Um, Mm -hmm. That helps. And other times it's what else is in the way and what are the problems too. So I think there's a combination there and that could be super useful um, in making more productivity and efficiency uh, among the firm. And, and I do want to reference, we talk about increasing efficiency of, of processes within your business and it's not specific to attorneys, but I think it would apply in this case as well in the episode about the four ways to grow your business. That's episode number 20. Um, and we do talk about, you know, taking those processes and looking at how to increase efficiencies for yourself and your company, you know, your team. Um, so by then having that visibility of what your non-billable hours look like, you can find those manual or clunky processes and then start to take care of, or, you know, can we automate things, you know, and we cover ways that you can do that more in that episode. But if you're interested in listening to that, uh, check out episode number 20 for more information. Yeah, it definitely helps to build in those efficiencies if you're, you know, looking at that. Like you said, this is one of the ways that you can do it. Um, but yeah, every business needs to be looking at it from some perspective, for sure. Um, and then, um, so the second um, kind of KPI that we look like look at as far as efficiency productivity goes is uh, what is referred to as realization realization rates. <laughs> realization rates are um, when you look at your billable time that is put into client um, job, and then your billing a certain amount, uh, typically at the end of the month or maybe every couple of weeks, depending on uh, how your billing cycles work. When you have, when you look at the amount of time and your hourly rates that you've established versus what you're actually billing, you know, sometimes there's some inefficiencies in the job that maybe the attorney doesn't feel comfortable billing the client for. Um, So maybe out of the overall billable time, um, you're only billing you know, 85% of that time or whatever the case may be. Um, So that's just the, what a realization rate is. Mm -hmm. Looking at that firm wide, um, again, in looking at different employees, looking at different clients, realization rates, maybe you have certain clients that things just aren't smooth with, and you got to figure out how to work with that client, educate them more, maybe to make things more smooth from their end. Um, So you can look at it from different different perspectives. So it's, it can be, again, we're talking more about staff in this case. So we're looking more at the staff and looking at whose realization rates are maybe better than others. Again, that can point out training deficiencies. If somebody is just having a hard time with the system or mm-hmm. what have you, maybe they need a little more training to get them up to speed. Again, maybe somebody who's got great realization rates that can also help okay maybe they're doing something really efficient um and they've got a a good way of doing things that we want to implement firm-wide etc so it's again it's just another way to look at what's going on in the firm and setting realistic expectations on those realization rates um and making sure that we're maybe quoting the job good up front um you know most most clients still want to kind of have an idea how much things are going to cost and it helps us to 
maybe do a better job of estimating in the future if we realize oh, we really underestimated these jobs, you know, and we didn't get as good a realization rate as we would like to. And we need to know that going in. Um, it can help you establish certain uh, oversight percentages, you know, things like we know this job's going to take X amount of time for someone to do. But then there's always about a 15% stuff comes up amount that we've had mm. to write off in the past. So we need to go in knowing that, building in that extra 15% when we're quoting the job out so that we're, you know, not losing that on the back end. Um, okay. So it really helps to just kind of look at that from an estimating perspective as well. And again, it comes back to accountability and those kinds of things too. We want to mm -hmm. make sure that people are, you know, being efficient and know that they need to be accountable for that as well. And then we talked, mentioned the hourly rates. They're an average bill rate. So that's another way of kind of looking at a similar thing. Um, you know, uh, typically you have a, an established hourly rate um, for, you know, maybe partners, other attorneys, staff, you know, what have you that you're billing out at. Um, and then you can look at that as kind of an average bill rate too. So that's just taking kind of a bigger picture uh, with regards to the realization rates and looking at, okay, you know, your hourly rates, you know, I don't know, $300 an hour, let's say. Um, but on average over the last year, you were only able to bill out at 210, hmm. you know, and then that's kind of saying, okay, we, we need to figure out why that is and what's creating inefficiencies and the problems with regards to that. So it's similar to realization rates, but a little bit different look at it. Okay. Now, this is a term that's unfamiliar to me, not coming from the attorney world, but billings per FTE. <laughs> yeah, as accountants, we love our acronyms. Um, <laughs> so we're efficient like that. We don't want to yeah. more things or write more things than we have to, right? Um, so billings per FTE just means billings per full-time equivalent person. Um, okay. So we're looking at it like, again, and this helps with our predictability. Like, okay, mm -hmm. if we hire a full-time person, what kind of billings could we expect to get? You know, what kind of costs are we looking at? Um, mm. So if we know what our average billings per full-time employee looks like. We know kind of what that predictability looks like as we grow and add people. Um, so that's something that we want to know just kind of as a metric of the business. Um, that's going to be likely more looked at on like an annual basis, more averaged out. Okay. So that we can do better planning. And then, of course, we always want to look at if we're looking at different people, you know, are they kind of in line with that billings per full-time equivalent? Are they on the lower end, on the higher end? You know, kind of just being able to kind of see, again, what's going on with respect to that. And, of course, if we're looking at part-time people, you know, we would adjust for whatever that part-time differential would be. But that is what that is used for. Um, and again, it can be very helpful, especially when it comes to budgeting, forecasting, things like that going into the future. And you said it ranges depending on, you know, who you're looking at. Is that in, in terms of like how much experience that lawyer has, you know, as far as like years and yeah, I mean, as far as the billings go, I mean, typically that is usually a little more reflected in their hourly rate. Um, okay. Somebody who is maybe a new attorney, doesn't have a lot of experience, um, we wouldn't typically expect things are just going to take them longer because they don't right. have that experience, et cetera. So a lot of times that's established in the hourly rates, but it can definitely be um, analyzed on the billings per full-time employee as well so that we can see is that, you know, 
still flowing well is it not um and we can look we kind of look at that at levels when we do the forecasting too with our uh, law firms you know we look at how many people at what level because they're going to have different billings per full-time employee depending on what level they're at right and we can have you know different sub levels again depending on the complexity of the firm yeah and that's going to play a big role in planning for growth and hitting goals for the year and and all of that is knowing all of these KPIs and what level lawyer do we want to hire? You know, how do, do we need two with one year experience or do we need three that have 10 plus years of experience? You know, just having that knowledge and the numbers to actually back it up and the visibility that we keep bringing, bringing up, that's, that plays a huge role in that, that growth planning and strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it rolls into your caseload that you can handle, all kinds of things um, as far as that goes. So it's really, um, though it's more of a billings metric, it, it's more than that. <laughs> it right. you know, expands beyond beyond that. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So the next thing we talked a little bit about again in the predictability was the costs that we're looking at. So another good metric um, for the business to know is what their costs per employee um, or professional, however you want to look at that, what that is. Um, And when you're looking at the costs per employee, um, you know, you want to look at obviously payroll is is it going to be a cost and they're going to get paid. Um, So that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, other, other payroll burden stuff, you know, health insurance, taxes, things that you Mm. add into their package, retirement plan, whatever the case may be. So that burden needs to be considered as well. Um, And then other things such as, um, you know, software costs. A lot of software now is very user-based. So they charge you, you know, per user. Um, So you want to know going into you know, your whole planning, what is the cost that you're going to be adding to add this person? And that that comes into play on the production side. So somebody who's an attorney that's coming in and a revenue generator, but it also comes to play on the administrative side. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and on the administrative side, you know, typically they're, they may be generating a little bit of revenue depending on their position. Um, but a lot of times they're more of a cost, but again, their leverage point um, to be able to allow the attorneys to, to make more money for the firm, you know, and that goes into it. But you want to also make sure that as you're planning your administrative staff, um, and infrastructure that you're looking at what costs that is that adding, you know, and is that going to be sustainable with the rest of the structure that we have in place? Um, so that's right. important metric wise to know as well. Okay, perfect. And then what are the considerations that we need to think about when it comes to training, for example? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I kind of roll training and quality control a little bit together because, you know, a good quality control plan has a training component involved mm-hmm. in it. And again, we've touched on a little bit of, you know, looking that these KPIs can can point out where more training is needed. Um, it's something that you can look at and discover, you know, if somebody's um, maybe struggling through something um, and, and they may not have any idea that everybody else is doing it faster. <laughs> what have you? Right. Um, right. Because maybe there's something in the training that, you um, mm-hmm either didn't happen or or needs just some additional reinforcement um it can and and then that can really come back around to training at the front end so as you Mm -hmm. go through these processes and you realize holes in your training maybe as you're onboarding people um you can bring that back in and make a better onboarding training process um or training throughout the year process whatever the case may be um so that you're really Mm -hmm. getting that productivity and efficiency up to the highest level that it can be And then you always want to, you know, kind of just keep in mind the quality control side of things as well. Um, You want to make sure you have a good quality control system in place and 
the accountability for being, you know, billable, profitable, those kinds of things is all good too, but we want quality jobs happening as well. So we don't want to lose that in looking at all these other metrics. We want to make sure that we're keeping that quality up, keeping that client service up, um, and that we have um, ways of looking at that as well built in throughout the, the systems that we're using too. Okay. And I feel like the next topic that we talk about is kind of going to roll everything into one, but let's talk about goal metrics. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of like the, why are we doing this going back around, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so in a way, um, you know, we're doing it to have all these things, but, you know, one of the best things that we can get out of that, like we said, is to have the data to set realistic and good goals. Uh, for the business, for each individual in the business, things that they can reach towards and accomplish. Um, So it really helps us to have this historical information to set goals, to have that predictability. So we're setting goals, you know, per attorney, per staff person, for the firm, you know, rolling that all up into one based on a lot of this information that we now have because we're tracking it and looking at it. Um, And though we can continue to tweak it and make it better, um, it still really helps us to have a good base point to establish the goals for the strategic plan for our budget for where we're trying to get growth wise. So I just wanted to kind of bring that back up um, that we want to use this information to set goals. And then we want to use it to monitor where we're at with our goals um, on a go forward basis as well. Yeah. So it's not just some lofty idea that you're saying, okay, I want to hit this new revenue goal by, by next year. You actually have some numbers to back you up and showing, okay, we've done this before. So if we improve this by, you know, 5%, we can get there. Or, you know, like you have some actual concrete numbers. It's not just throwing something out there for the heck of it, just to have a goal, you know, you actually have. Yeah. It's not, it's not throwing the spaghetti on the wall and hoping yeah. it sticks, right? Yeah. <laughs> and actually build it up with something that's tangible underneath and that's measurable and that we can track on a regular basis and see if things are, you know, going the way that we want it or not. Um, we want to make sure that we're, you know, doing it with a good underlying information. Well, I think having that goal metric and, you know, kind of wrapping up in in that summary of this is why it's important, again, bringing it back to the why um, is is a good good way to end the podcast. But do you have anything that you'd like to highlight from today's discussion? Yeah, I think, again, you know, we're going back to um, why are we here in this podcast? You know, we're here and you're here. You know, this is a growth podcast. So that's what we're trying to do. So though some of these tasks um, may seem menial or what or maybe a little daunting, depending on what you have going on, um, you know, we really need to transform the firm into operating as a business like any other business would operate um you know there's a lot of um you know mentors out there like to say don't call it practice (laughs) we're not practicing we're running um you know so so that's kind of a little nuance that that comes out sometimes but again we you know we really want to take ourselves out of that look at this as a business how do we improve the business how do we make it do better? You know, how do we make it grow? Um, So that's, you know, why we're looking at all these things. Um, And it takes, you know, these things built up over time. It's not going to happen overnight, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. So it takes, you know, getting these things in place so that you can build that better business and build a better life. Perfect. Well said. Well, that is all we have for you today. Enjoy that beautiful day that you have ahead of you. 
take that momentum and keep it going. And we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.